Well, we're back. Are we back? Is this it? Uh, it what, is it? <laughs> am I here? Am I real? Am I real boy? You're floating right now. You're uh, you got all the them broken bone pills. Oh, God, yeah, all them bone pills, man. So I'm off the hard stuff. I took I took the hard stuff for about a week, um, and God, I hated it. Yeah, it, yeah, I could not take that stuff recreationally. It's not a fun feeling for me. So I got off it as soon as I as soon as I could. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just on the regular stuff plus muscle relaxers. But, right. You know, today's Man. my first day trying to not be in a sling. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Did, like, have you taken the sling off much and like seen how you fare after like a few hours or something? Yeah, I've been trying to get out of the sling as much as possible because the biggest problem I'm having right now is like, especially pertaining to playing guitar is my range of motion and my shoulder is like zero right now. I can't. It, and I think part of it's because I've been in the sling for so long. So right. Trying to get it back that back together. The, the goal is Noah has a show, a full band show on July 9th in um, Minnesota. And it's a big like festival thing, 90 minute set. Um, and I want to go play that. So, this week, I've got my follow-up appointment with the surgeon tomorrow on Monday. Today is exactly two weeks since the accident. And um, so follow-up appointment tomorrow. I think they're going to give me the go-ahead to get out of the sling. And then uh, this week, I'm going to start trying to play again and get back into shape. We'll see what happens. Yeah, well, don't push it because you don't want to make it worse or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to uh, see what they say tomorrow. They're going to take x-rays and look around, so. Yeah yeah so how has everything been going otherwise (laughs) shitty (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'll be honest with you like not great um being laid up in bed with a broken collarbone and like still trying to make youtube videos and stuff like you know it's not because i like it's not for any other reason other than I, I can't stand sitting around and doing nothing. I, I want to work. I want to do stuff. So, um, yeah, I worked this week. Chris came over. He was a champ and we, we did, we recorded and edited five videos in four days this week. Oh man. All without me being able to play guitar, which is pretty good, I think. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm so ready to be done with this whole debacle. It sucks, man. I can only imagine. I, I, it, I hate it. I hate it for you because, I mean, like if someone said that you can't play guitar, then that would be the time I would want to play guitar more than yeah. more than ever. I have been itching to to play like so, so bad. But yeah. look, it could be way worse. It could. It. Listen, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, um, I I don't want to keep bitching and moaning about it. It's a broken collarbone. It happens. It's not a head injury. It's not a hand injury. It's right. like. I'm walking and up and alive. It could be so much worse in so many ways. And uh, look, at the end of the day, I did it to myself. <laughs> right. So there's nobody else to blame but me. Man, I get so mad at myself when I just do the smallest thing. Like, so I can't imagine how angry you are at yourself. Because, oh I mean, I, I told you the other day, I was trying to make a U-turn and just like bit the curb with the wheel of the car <laughs> and like completely just like, 
the whole side of the the wheel on our Volkswagen, and I got out and looked at it, and it was all chewed up, and I was just like, ah, like so. Oh, I'm God. still mad at myself, and that's like two hundred and fifty dollars to replace, which is so insignificant. But I've been carrying that and just stewing on it. So if I like really hurt myself and put myself at like in such a position, I would. It would be, I think that would be the hardest thing for me beyond like the physical recovery is just letting go of the anger I would feel towards my own stupidity, you know? Yeah, I, I, I feel that too. Look, the best way I can put it is um, if you want to, if you want to troll me or you want to like leave a terrible comment or whatever, go ahead. That's fine. Like, because no one, and I mean, no one out there is a bigger critic of me than me. And that has been shown uh, to myself in the last two weeks of just like, what the hell, man? What yeah. this is, you're not 19 years old anymore. And, you know, it's, uh, you have some responsibilities here that, you know, you can't be, you can't be shredding it, sending it off of, uh, <laughs> mountain bike jumps anymore <laughs> like you did 10 years ago. So that's it. Oh, so man. it's done. Yeah. My, you just, you just. You got to get all those BMX games on your PlayStation. Just do it. Dude, that. my just shredding vicariously. Through that. My shredding days are over. I think, unfortunately, <laughs> that career has long since passed. So, I'm just going to be the uh, the crotchety old thirty year old millennial riding his road bike around everywhere now. So, hey, that's fine. I'm mm-hmm. about to be uh, one of those like, yo, you got to get an electric car because I we pre ordered an electric car. Yeah, you <laughs> so. did. We'll see. The old, uh, the, I, dude, so, uh, somebody in my neighborhood has one. I drove by, they drove by the front yard the other day. Nice. Yeah. I don't, who knows when I'll get it. So I pre ordered the Volkswagen ID4 and it's basically just like you, you pay to wait. Yep. So, but, um, I had an eventful couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fill us in what's happening. So I'm 99% all like set up in the new workshop. So, um, I would got, clap, but I can't right now. So. Right. Physically, just... it's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got uh, got the insurance. That was like the biggest holdup. I mean, like getting getting all the, the keys and all that stuff. Like, I mean, well, that was the biggest holdup. That took forever for the landlords to say, here you go. You can like move stuff 30 feet down the, <laughs> the sidewalk. <laughs> um, but it took forever to get the insurance. So they finally got it like locked in and basically like with, with a commercial policy or whatever, once you like send the email and say, we need insurance on this date, even if you don't get the paperwork, it's like, you're kind of like, it's backdated. You're covered, you know? So, right. I, you know, right. they were all a little red, uh, you know, like hesitant, uh, to like move stuff over, but I was like, I'm doing it. So Morgan and I, and, and we took Graham, we just loaded up everything and drove it over and we painted. It was, uh, so the facility we're in now that's right next door to Novo, they did like geological services for the the county. Interesting. And the room that I'm in was where they had all their microscopes and their testing equipment. And the carpet was just dirt, basically. Because <laughs> when, when I, I had to rent a carpet cleaner and, you know, I was like cleaning it, cleaning it. And when I went to dump it, it was just mud. It was straight up mud. It was horrible. But it's all clean and pretty now and um, set up all the desks, set up all the, you know, workbenches and stuff. I, I think I still need one more for like packing and shipping. Right. But we've uh, we've got it going. Jesse's been killing it. And I've interviewed more people. And so 
it's like, you know, becoming a thing. The only thing I'm waiting on is my, um, like studio desk. Cause I'm getting, I got the same one that you got. Oh yeah. So, but I can't get all the side fancy stuff cause it won't fit. It would fit <laughs> in the room, but it would be off center and that would really bother me. Yeah. Yeah. This is a great desk, man. Honestly, yeah. like it's, it's been, it's been really, really cool. Got the keyboard tray set out so you can be making sick beats in your, uh, in your, uh, your office over there, you know, just got yeah. Ableton pulled up making trap beats on, on your lunch break and stuff. I have a launch pad, one of those things. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's totally, <laughs> that's what I see for you. You know, when you've got your, uh, your team of employees, you can just be free to like follow your creative vision of making trap music. You know what? Uh, the music I listen to the most is like lo-fi chill hop because that's to me like the, the thing I just, I work well to that. And so maybe I should start trying to make those kind of lo-fi uh, chill hop. I love the name of these, these genres now. It's like, Oh yeah. It's uh, fantastic. Post, post indie lo-fi chill vibe <laughs> hop. So there's like study chill hop work oh chill. God. There's all the different, you know, <laughs> And, oh, uh, and by the way, I don't know if you've ever done this. So for any of those that have caught one of my live streams recently, or if you watch like Twitch or anything where there's a lot of, you know, or people doing a live stream and they want background music, Spotify has a bunch of uh, royalty free ones. And man, there are some, there's some good ones, but there are some real clunkers. If you want to go hear <laughs> some music that was, that would sound like what I would make starting out some, <laughs> doing this. Some real goose eggs out there, yeah. <laughs> go check. Just go royalty-free playlists on Spotify. It's, it's and you'll like find they them. just used, they opened up Logic Pro. They bought Logic Pro and then just used the stock loops and, uh-huh. and just drug a bunch of stuff in, like typed in a key and just drug a bunch of stuff in and then bounced it out. It's like, I'm getting paid. There are a few that I they don't follow any sort of time signature rules. <laughs> it's just like they took they took this one loop and this one loop and just stuck them on top of each other with hey man. no quantizing. Hey man, um, that's art. You know what I mean? Hey, I, I, hey, who am I to judge? Not nobody. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, shout out to the uh, Patreon chat. We're back, everyone. If you uh, <laughs> if you're watching us or listening to us for the first time, you can join us uh, live while we're recording the episode. We've got a special Discord server set up. People are, are chatting back and forth. We were a little last minute today, but we added some new people in over yeah. the last couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Link down below. Join our Patreon and, uh, you know, have us have a, have a jolly man. Yeah, I think we're going to get we'll be hopefully back to more of a normal schedule because these yeah. past couple of weeks you have been rather indisposed. And I was, too. So just uh-huh. in a different way. Uh-huh. I uh, thought about trying to do it last week after the surgery, but it would have been not good. It might it have was, been great. It could have been great. <laughs> or I would have just been, been just completely like, incoherent mm-hmm. and just a mess the whole time. So, yeah. Uh, maybe we should have done a Patreon-only episode for that just rambled about a bunch of stupid stuff the whole time. Well, the next that time... That actually might be this episode. I don't know. <laughs> the next time one of us breaks something or gets, like, some pain pills for, like, some, some stuff, we'll just we'll see what happens. When I... <laughs> So when I was working at Carter Drink, I got shingles, <laughs> oh. which was horrible. And like, you don't think, you know, that's an old man disease. But if you've had chicken pox, guess what? You could have shingles like that. And um, I, I I was like on the upswing, right? And still hurting. So I went to work and I had Vicodin because that was like the pain medicine that gave me. And right. I was just working there and took some. Because it was like, oh, okay, it's time to take my medicine. And I was just walking around like, hmm, 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 like trying to deal with customers and stuff. And I think I went to Christy and was like, hey, I think I need to go home. 
<laughs> hey man, I got to get, get, go home. I don't need I don't to be so holding these guitars. Yeah, there's a man in the corner talking about tacos the whole time, and I don't know if he's real or if I'm just on <laughs> on the vibe. I think you should go home. My- I, I think I think I've got a. I, I might have a high tolerance to those types of like narcotics, those drugs, those opioids, because I don't get the. I don't. I don't feel high or loopy or anything like that. It just makes me feel gross almost like hungover is the that's, best way i can describe it that's how it made me feel too it's like yeah it's yeah. not fun no no so i'm no. guessing that like you know people that take it recreationally maybe their body chemistry is different and it's fun for them but for me i'm just not it didn't even help with my pain all that much either was the weird thing so right whatever all right this is not a, a podcast about pills this is a podcast about guitar mm-hmm. gear. do we have a uh, do we have a rig to dip here yes we do i i was perusing the emails and i found one right here and according to the name of this image it came from a google pixel phone so wow i felt some sort of kindred spirit wow. connection because i have a phone like that here we go hey Ooh. shut up Ooh. uh this is from alex corlew oh second hand sandwich and he says this is my current practical at home noodle setup which i, I like that name Noodle so, rig. Noodle rig. This is a good noodle a, rig right here. <laughs> he's got a Friedman PT20 with uh, the little 1x12 closed back cab with a slush and cream back. It has a 1984 Boss DD2 in the loop, and he says he's currently using a 1956 Tweed Vibrolux as a pedal board, which is great. It, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> as pedal boards go, that's probably the best one we've had so far. So. Uh, yeah, I think so. It's definitely the most expensive. Yeah, for sure. And uh, he's got a 2010 R8 that has throwbacks in it. So this is like straightforward. And it looks like there's a a, a Mutron or something sitting on top of it. Yeah, the there. there's a Mutron uh, Phaser 2, which is rad. I, those, I've never owned a, a Mutron. Mutron? I, I think it's Mutron. Mutron. Like yeah. Mewtwo. Dude, yes. I got a holographic <laughs> Mewtwo coming up. <laughs> um but i've all yeah those are sick pedals man those are really really cool so all right let's start with the guitar custom shop r8 that's uh like a clown burst right that's that, that's what you would call a clown burst well i mean like pre-2013 or so the r8s had a pretty bright cherry i think you know that was just like a wash cherry burst uh but it's pretty bright and a, right. a pretty bright yellow but i mean you know some of them had that appearance back in the day but yeah the the r8s back then typically had sort of a bright cherry sunburst um but great guitars you know the the only thing you kind of have to combat with that era is uh the size of the necks because some of them are huge Mm -hmm. but it depends on what you like so yeah i mean yeah if you're if you're not a a fan of like a baseball bat neck look for like an ro you know like a 1960 reissue um man friedman pt is that Pete Thorne? Is that the Pete Thorne? No. What does PT uh, mean? I don't know what the PT stands for. Let's look it up. But that's like the... Physical um, therapy. <laughs> uh, that is... Prince of Time. Oh, Pink Taco. Oh. Okay. Yeah. A side note. I, okay. We, we need to talk about this. So, <laughs> Friedman amps are great. And I've, I've met Dave Friedman... He's a super nice guy, and and I did a video with him back at NAMM last year. But the names of their amps, like... Sure. 
what what are you doing? What, what what's going on here with this? Because the P, like I I feel like we can't say it on the podcast. Well, I mean, this is not exactly a family show, I guess. But right, like you've got the brown eye, you've got mm-hmm. the pink taco, you've got the twin sister, which is not that I guess out there. Um, the dirty Shirley, the dirty Shirley, like. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. It's a little the, it's a little weird to me, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, I would rather it just be the PT and don't and that's what, that stand for it. I yeah, think like, that's what they do now because I've talked to some uh some dealer friends of mine that carry these uh, and they would like not put them on their website. Like they before <laughs> this, they would not on their website if you're looking at a Friedman app, it would not be the pink taco. They would start calling it the PT. And so I think I think Friedman's probably catching on um yeah the company, well on their but. website it still says that there's the bucks and betty as well uh yeah yeah i don't know I what mean, bucks and I, betty means but i'm sure there's some kind of <laughs> oh well she's she's very buxom oh, she's okay well there you go huge tracts of land <laughs> <laughs> it's a quote monty python uh uh but yeah I, you know i'm right there with you because uh, you know uh, the 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 one pedal that I don't, I don't know if it should get a pass, but it, it kind of started it all was, you know, of course, the Big Muff Pie. Right. Um, which w- w- the double entendre, I don't, th- I think is incidental because it, it was muffled. That's what the, you know, yeah, yeah, they yeah. said it had a muffled sound. No, but, yeah. and also that I mean, was I'm a very, sure. that was a very different time than today. I guess here's where right. I'm at with it. Um, guitar and specifically like the guitar gear space and the online guitar space for so long has just been a, a proverbial sausage fest. It's just very male <laughs> yeah. dominated and that's starting to change, right? It's, it's becoming a more and more inclusive environment. There's a lot of, a lot more females and young girls and, and people playing Why we don't need to do this, right? Like yeah. TC electronic with the, the pussy melter pedal. And I get it. Oh. It's, it's God. Steel Panther. It's part of their whole aesthetic. Like, I get it, right? And, you know, right. you could really get into this whole debate. Well, this is a, a speech issue in a First Amendment. I, I, I'm i not advocating that they sh- this shouldn't be allowed. I'm just saying that, like, come on, guys. Like, <laughs> why, why, are we, why are we doing it? Why are we sort of continuing this whole narrative of, like, just dude-ness? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that old-school 80s dudeness it's just not not my thing yeah and i i think the, the community at large is is definitely on that same page i think we're um we're turning it around but but yeah i don't know it's sometimes it's like you know I, you think it's funny you think it's cute and it may be like all in good fun but at the same time you just have to go like okay wait yeah it's you just know. it's it might be you might think it's in good fun and good but I don't know. I think it's kind of tasteless. With that said, though, I think it's good sounding amp. Oh, they're great amps. They're great sounding <laughs> amps. Like, <laughs> I, despite the name, I think they are cool amps, you know, and and uh, I just, I don't know. That's hard for me to get over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but let's see. What else has he got here? Let's get- <laughs> Pretty straight ahead setup, man. He's got the, the delay and the loop for the Freedman. I would like yep. to know more about that that tweed Viberlux though. I mean, that to me, yeah. that's oof. Yeah. Color me curious. For, Viberlux is a great amp. It really is. It really, really is. Um, also shout out to the exposed brick here. 
in this shot. <laughs> Someone in the Discord said that. Yeah, too. <laughs> this is this is tickling my uh, my hipster, you know, fantasy of living in some loft in a city somewhere. You know. So I I wanted to, um, I or we had talked about putting like a brick vinyl thing in my office, uh-huh. but. I think it would really clash with the nice drop ceilings I have. So I'm <laughs> probably, yeah, those are two, that's, those are two aesthetics that don't mix like no, no beige it, drop it, ceiling it and like a hip aged brick wall. Oh man. Well, you know, what's crazy and, um, well, okay, wait, let's, I let's think, rate this rig and then we let's can rate the rig. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. What, what do you, uh, what do you think of here? I dig it. You know, I think that as far as like a straightforward fun to play, like, plug in and go this is awesome yeah i would like to see a little bit more you know pedal variety i think you could achieve a whole lot with just a few more pedals like the the one thing that's beautiful about these sort of like pushed and overdriven amps and a guitar like that is they clean up super well and so you can cover a lot of ground and even more so if you had like a cool overdrive and you know some sort of modulation but i really like it i want to give it an eight i think it's yeah really cool yeah i like the friedman amp i think that's a great size i think that's a great home use and really gigable um those things are built like tanks too um uh, i'm not going to deduct points for the name it is what it is um right but i agree i think i think a little bit more variety in the pedal situation you know i'd like to see a fuzz in here honestly oh, yeah a fuzz in the front yeah. end Maybe some kind of modulation points for the for the R8 though, because this is part of what I want to talk about today. So I'm yeah. gonna give this seven point eight shoils. Nice. Yeah, I think this might be the first one where I rated first. Yeah, and higher hmm. than me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's the the amount of pain I'm in. I'm just in uh, <laughs> just in a real salty mood today. Um, yeah. So. I'm sure at some point this will. Uh, well, I'm not going to say that. So what? Uh, what, what were you going off of here? What, what tangent were you about to hit? Oh, I was about to say that uh, when I was looking at all the stuff to like decorate the the shop because like I want the shop to have a vibe. Um, for those that haven't caught one of the Instagram lives or any of the things that I've shared, I I have like a tea station because I've I've been spoiled by working at home for years and having like, Oh, if I want to make a cup of tea or if I need a, you know, a snack or something. So in, in the shop, I have a little shelf and like a tea kettle and all my like nice teas and little box and sugar and everything. And it's all nice to make it feel more homey. But Lowe's has like fake brick, uh, panels that are three dimensional and you could, they're just like, I don't, I don't know what they're made out of probably like fiberglass or something. And you just, stick them to the wall and you can paint them. Uh, and I thought that would be really neat, but this, the drop ceilings and the ceilings like are not very tall. Right. So right. yeah, it's, um, here's what I think you should do. It would be weird. The aesthetic you should go for. And I mean, mm-hmm. to pull this off, I think you have to really, really go for it. You need to recreate the set of the office. <laughs> oh god you've already got the drop ceiling you've already got like the beige walls and the the, uh, the carpet and everything you just like throw a couple cubicles in there you know do the blinds across the the windows inside like that you need to just recreate the office that would be really funny that would be really really funny like yeah. genuine seiko timepiece yes. thing on the wall yes. <laughs> well my office has the same color wall as this and so um 
Steve that works at Novo, they, Novo has a big vinyl cutter. If you've ever been there, they have the big Novo sign on the wall. They made that. Oh, I didn't know they made uh, that. Yeah, so they have a vinyl cutter, and they're going to cut me a Mythos logo, and it's going to go on the wall, and hopefully I'll record the podcast there. And um, you know, My office, I'm going to try to have a real mid-century modern vibe. You're going to have know. to do the Shoyles logo up there, too. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> like two walls, do the Mythos wall, and then the Shoyles wall. We need. We have to come up with a logo. Okay. I mean, I we i don't do logo stuff so <laughs> either you do it or we hire someone to do it but like right I, ow shit that hurt um <laughs> just moving that really hurt <laughs> i tried to move in my chair my hand slipped off the chair and like oh <sighs> um ow okay anyways yeah we need to do the shoyles logo um and to fill everyone in we were uh we have been talking about the fuzz the fuzz is still yeah. in progress it's a work in progress so yeah I think once we have a little bit more, um, a little bit more fleshed out, we should do an episode just dedicated to like, here's the ideas. Or maybe if we get a few prototypes, we can kind of like walk through. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but but yeah. So I guess piggybacking off that R8, I thought we could talk about your new you ha- you the gas bug has bit okay. you yet again. Okay, this doesn't happen often for me. Um, and, and it ha- just because I'm just not the type of person that like, uh, typically I don't buy a lot of gear. What I mean by that is like, you know, even before YouTube and before all this stuff, I would take my time and decide like, okay, especially with big purchases, like a guitar or an amp or right. something like that. It's, it's a long process for me. It's a uh, several weeks of, okay, identifying a gap somewhere then doing research and then trying to find the right thing and then collecting the money, saving the money, selling stuff, whatever I got to do to get the thing. Like it's a few month process for me. Um, and as a result, I have been really happy with, with my gear over the years. I've not sold a lot of stuff. I've not let us let a, let a lot of stuff go. And I still use pretty much everything I have. Um, And so I've been kind of in that mindset again. And I think I want to buy a custom shop Les Paul. And I want a dead ringer, like just smoking Les Paul. Um, Right. So I did this all. It's kind of started Earlier this week, I did a Q&A video. It'll be coming out on Tuesday, another Tuesday Q&A. And somebody asked me about, you know, is there is there a piece of gear that got away? Is there something that got away that you didn't get your hands on? And I said, yes. And it is the 2014 Collector's Choice um, Dutch Burst Les Paul that I played in London two years ago. Yes. Uh, that is the one that got away. I found out last year that they sold it to somebody somewhere. Oh, and that is... Jerks. That is the, well, it's fine. I mean, they offered to sell it to me, but I couldn't afford it at the time. Even like the artist price that they were going to let it go for, I still couldn't afford. So it's fine. But that Les Paul is the second best Les Paul I've ever played behind the 59 that we played at Carter last year. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God. What the hell was that? <laughs> well, while you're talking about, I was trying to see if there were any on reverb. Here's a Dutch a custom, <laughs> I found a custom Von Dutch Epiphone Les Paul standard. Oh, Actually, you know what? It's got pinstriping. Pinstriping is kind of yeah. It's kind of cool. It's it's not that bad. Is it okay? Is anyway. it real pinstriping or is it a uh, vinyl? You think that's that uh, looks real? It says hand painted. Nice. Yep. Anyways, so that guitar <laughs> that guitar has inspired me, and with Gibson now coming out with like the Murphy Lab thing, um, 
I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. And I think I want to start the hunt. Oh, it, it not yet. Cause I've got some medical bills to pay for first. <laughs> All um, right. Yeah. It turns out falling off your bicycles in the United States of America will cost you between 10 and $15,000. Oh, um, yeah. so yeah, don't fall off your bike kids. Um, but yeah, eventually sooner rather than later, I want to find my Les Paul. Well, we were talking last night and you don't want just any Les Paul. You want to, well, what you told me is you're, you're thinking about the, the Murphy lab. I want a lifer guitar. Okay. I want okay. a guitar that is like, and if it takes me two or three years to find it, it takes me two or three years to find it. Like that's, that's the headspace I'm in right now. Yeah. Right. Like this one. Yeah. Yeah. Like that one. That's a lifer. Ah, and that's like, a, that's like a pre Murphy lab, Murphy lab right there. Kind of. Well, so, uh, you know, there was a little bit of confusion between you and I, cause you said that they had different finish and I was like, I haven't seen that. And so I just texted Tom Murphy and I was like, Hey, do they have different finish? And he's like, they absolutely do. Humble brag. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, good. <laughs> yeah. So we should fill people in. So Murphy lab is this new thing that Gibson custom shop started doing, I guess this year, right? So 2021 they started maybe 2020. Yeah. So it's like a special uh, part of Gibson. I'm going to try and get us to go check it out uh, during NAM. Mm-hmm. It'd be really cool to go see, but I was at righteous yesterday buying some strings and they have like, they got their first Murphy lab, less pollen. It's an yeah. R nine. I mean, and it is, it's a banger. Like it, it looks like a real, they, they did the absolute minimum aging. And what Ben was telling me is it's, it's a $500 upgrade. You do the, the ultra clean aging where it's not really relic. It's just checked. But what you get from the Murphy lab is Tom's special formulated finish. It's like his bespoke finish. You have it on that guitar because yours was re you had well, Tom th- read this yours. was this was before he, he they developed that I think yeah but you still you had him redo that guitar right refinish that guitar. yeah but I think he was using standard Gibson Nitro when he finished it oh got yeah it. Okay. so it's because di- I don't think this one will check like like the way the new ones do yeah so now they're using this like special formulated finish that is bespoke to Murphy lab and and looking at it in person I mean it is it's beautiful <laughs> yeah it's really really nice I, I've not seen, I've not seen one in real life yet. I, you know, I've seen a bunch of the new custom shop stuff, which I, you know, I think, and I, and I've said this in the past, I think if you can't afford a burst, which, you know, most of us I can't, can't. <laughs> right. It was Gibson, either this Gibson, house or a burst. <laughs> right. So we chose Gibson the house. Custom shop is making the best guitars that, that Gibson's ever made. I agree. And I agree. And they look so good, but the Murphy Lab, there, eh, there's something, there's something to them, you yeah. know. They're as, as far as the appearance goes, and, and again, I haven't held one in my hands. I don't like that they're using uh, El Nico threes and the humbuckers, but that can change. That's easy to swap. I like the custom buckers, though. I mean, I I know that you play the new ones, though. Yeah, yeah, I have. I like them. I don't, I don't. They have like a soft thing that I don't think. Because Alnico threes might have been used historically as predominantly twos, fours, and fives, um, but I just don't like how the low end feels on mm. a three. Mm. But that's again, that's so minor. Yeah, just that, put put some throwbacks or whatever in it. And, yeah, or it just change the magnets if you like the way they sound and want to tighten them up or something. You just take the covers off and slide the magnets in and out. It's not that big a deal. Right. Right. So I probably anyway, won't do that. I'll probably just change the pickups. But <laughs> come, come to my house. And do it. <laughs> 
So, yeah, I mean, I kind of want to talk about that because you you know as much or more about Les Pauls than, you know, just about anybody else that I know. You have an R9. You have a yours is I would say yours is probably a lifer guitar. And by lifer, you mean like this is one that you're never going to get rid of. It's it's one that stays with you. Yeah, the only thing that would make me get rid of that guitar, and I don't know if I've discussed this, but Alex Sorokin, who built Joey's Joey Landreth's gold top, um, he 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 really is doing something special. Okay, so and, talk to me about that because I thought about Sorokin specifically, yeah, because Joey's gold top is every time I've heard it, it's just one of the best sounding guitars I've ever heard. But here's my concern, okay? And this is the topic, right? How do you find the one, right? Like when you when you're when your heart's set, like I want a truly great Les Paul. I have a great Les Paul. It's a USA. It's it's a good guitar. It's a really good guitar, but it's not like I don't know how to describe it. Just like like my Saris J has yeah. that thing. That that's yeah. like a lifer guitar, right? And I found that guitar organically years ago. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do here is but I want a Les Paul. I love Les Pauls. Yeah. I love humbuckers. Um I already have my 335. I, I don't need another one of those. Like so yeah, how do you find the one? I think you just have to play as many as you can, but like, you know, with with if you're going with a custom builder, you kind of just have to put your faith in their hands and that's you know? what i'm scared of with the sorokin thing which is like i mean we're talking well, about spending a lot of money here i mean depending on what you get yeah. between four and seven thousand dollars for a les paul right uh well and, and alex he he only makes like three guitars a year and the the i joey is getting so backing up a little bit he myself and joey talked about a new shape because gibson sent him a cnd right and uh not for the body shape before um, and not for the headstock because his headstock's unique. Oh, yeah. But for like the tr- truss rod cover, the pick guard, the um, truss rod cover. Yeah, because he used the bell. But um, but the, he's using the same shape. So why wouldn't they have? It might have been the body shape. I was going to well. say like sorry. So I think body shape, pick guard, uh, truss rod cover, and like you know, sure. I mean, he uh, he only made one of those guitars, so I, you know I don't think it's that big of a deal, but we all three talked about a new body shape. And so he kind of like has developed this new shape, which he's showing uh, on, uh, on his Instagram and we'll throw a picture up and this new shape, the first guitars he's making are going to be like juniors or specials, I think. But I've told him if he ever made, cause my dream guitars are, uh, I, I like rap tails. That's right. like, I mean, that's my Novo. I love that, that R four I had with the rap tail. I just want humbuckers and a skinnier neck. And so I told Alex, if he ever makes like a conversion burst 54, 55 with a rap tail, two humbuckers sunburst with like a, a book match top, like a, a killer legit looking top, that would probably be the only thing that would make me sell my R nine. But again, I'd have to get it and play it because I, you know, yeah. I don't know. Right. Right. So, and that's kind of where my head's at. It's like, I, I'm, I need to go on a hunt and like find the one and it, you know, yeah. maybe it's at Chicago music exchange or Carter or righteous, or maybe it's like at the, sh- the custom shop or something. But like, even though the well, custom shop is building great guitars, not all the guitars are created equal. And like, I want, <laughs> I want a ringer. I want a killer. I want one like the one that got away basically. Sure. Well, you know, I, th- I do think, 
Gibson Custom Shop has a, a really high, you know, whatever my gripes are with Gibson as as a company, like that that does that has nothing to do with the quality of the guitars or the workmanship or anything like that. Um, and I think Gibson Custom Shops, in my experience, when I you know I would drive over there put them in the car and then take them to the shop and open them and like, you know, test them. There were definitely standout ones, but they were really consistent. Yeah. And so I think what you have to decide is what, what do you want? Like what, what look, what neck shape, you know, and what is that? What, what is your quintessential Les Paul? My quintessential Les Paul is super light, like nine pounds or under. Uh Uh-huh. Not a crazy top. I don't I'm I don't care for like super quilty or flamey tops. Um and I'm not that picky on the finish either. Like whether it's right. lemon burst or you know all the way to brand new with the red and everything. I don't, I'm not really that picky on that side either. It needs to be lightweight. It needs to be super resonant. Super resonant and it needs to have a Probably a 59 neck profile. The The only problem with the Dutch burst that I didn't like was it was an RO. It's a 1960. Right. And so it had a super thin neck on it. And it's fine. I mean, my Novo has a thin neck profile. My no, my Ceres J has the, the thinnest profile that Novo does. But I oh, still, it does? Yeah. But I still get along with that guitar great, even though I don't like thin necks that much. I like mm-hmm. the rest of the guitar so much that I just, the thin neck does the thing for me. Um so yeah, for me, lightweight, nine pounds or under, super resonant. It needs to be loud um, when it's unplugged, and the pickups need to sound great. That's right. And the neck shape needs to be like a fifty nine, I think. Well, do you think you would want to go? Do you want to get a new guitar? Or do you want to like go on a used guitar journey? I don't care. Oh, okay, I do not care. It, it, it can be used. It can be a, a custom shop or whatever from ten years ago. I don't care. Mm. It can be new, right? Like we can go to the custom shop and try and find one. Like I don't care. Um, but yeah, my my only concern with doing the thing of like commissioning a guitar from a Sorokin or somebody like that is you can't play it. And even though they're yeah. great builders and they're great luthiers, um, you you can't know how a guitar is going to turn out while you're building it, I think. Right. No, absolutely. Uh, you know what we should do? Let's let's fly out to Wildwood. <laughs> yeah, or go to uh, Chicago great. Music Exchange. Let's do both. Let's take a road trip. Whole we'll family. We'll drive the dog. We'll drive to Chicago. Fraser will poop all in the back <laughs> of the car. <laughs> oh man, yeah. kill me. Oh, poor poor thing. Um, man, well, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, unfortunately, well, okay. I will say. For all those listening, I think the best Gibsons, if you're going to take this journey and, you know, yourself included, you need to buy a, a, a Les Paul, a custom shop made 20, like half like from May or June 2013 forward. Anything before that, there's a lot of corners that are cut and not like in a bad way. It's just like... um they they had laminate fingerboards. They didn't have the right truss rod. They didn't have the right pots. They didn't have the right uh, length of tailpiece studs. It's like all the little things that add up to what a true 59 spec should actually be. Right. You know, after about 2013, the mid of 2013, because that was when they did like a short neck tenon and then everyone lost their mind. That's when True Historic started. Right. And uh, they switched it back. Uh, mine's a 2014 
And really, the changes that they've made up until now have been small aesthetic things, uh, changing the fret wire for the 58s and 57s, the plastics, of course, everyone you know has heard about that, the placement of the logo, the amber finish on the, the headstock on the logo to make it look older. But, you know, I think... I think if if we were patient, we like I'm I'm no I just gonna you stand are, there holding your hand. Yeah, you are. I, I want you to help me. Like I want you to help guide me through this process. So to a to help me find the right one, but b just to I mean, well, yeah, I mean, really, just help me find the right one because you know I, I'm not as up on my my Les Paul knowledge on that kind of stuff as you right. are. You know what I mean? Well, the the custom shops changed every year, like almost. Right. So there is this this. I, you you could use the term minutia, but minutia like usually doesn't matter, and this stuff does. Right. So I think like looking mid twenty thirteen and forward, you, we could really find a guitar that a is going to be awesome. It's going to sound good. It's going to be easy to upgrade. It's going to save you a lot of money, but it's not going to look like those Murphy Labs. And that's one of the things. It's like the appearance of those. If I mean, I feel like they would fool most people. And honestly. If I was just walking, if it was hanging with a bunch of vintage guitars, I would in pa- like what in close inspection, I probably wouldn't be fooled. But as a passing glance, I don't think you could tell it apart from a real one across a room. That's why yeah. I'm I'm real intrigued by the Murphy Lab because I saw the one and I couldn't play it yesterday because I'm still not in playing shape. But right. I think if it's still there in a week, I'm going to go back not to buy it, but yeah. um. I think we're we were talking about making a video, like a like an old school ret video, seven thousand dollar Les Paul versus a thousand dollar because they've got Eastman Les Pauls in there now. They've got oh, so yeah. what we talked about doing is like the Murphy Lab versus a you know standard Les Paul versus like a thousand dollar Eastman Les Paul. Yeah, and just shoot them out and see because that's really interesting to me. Those Eastman Les Pauls are they look really great, um, especially for the money. So Dude. is there a $6,000 difference between a Murphy Lab and an Eastman? I don't know. But the, I think part of what I'm looking for here is I can't afford a burst, but as vintage guitars go, the burst for me really is that or like a 59 to 61 335. Th- those are like the two vintage guitars that really stand out to me that if I had the money, that's what I would be looking for. I'm not a collector. Right. I, I don't, I don't need everything. I don't really care like vintage strat. I, okay. I'm not really a strat guy. I, well, you know, maybe an old telly, but to me, a f- especially after playing that real burst at Carter last year, uh, that, that guitar was stupid. Um, and I want that, like I want, as close to the real thing as I can feasibly afford. And I right. think from what I can see, it looks like the Murphy lab might be the answer right now, but sure. Who knows? Well, to like push that conversation a little further, what you're saying, like to compare, is there, is there any other brand that has you curious, like, like heritage, you know, like, cause to me, have you seen the new custom core heritage stuff that they're doing? Um, no, but so I, you know, okay. Uh, what's his name? The guy that left Gibson custom shop, Edwin, uh, shoot. He, he like went to work at heritage. Uh, he, he's like spearheaded. We'll find the name and put it on the video. He spearheaded the custom shop at, at heritage. Right. 
and everyone that I've because Heritage is making a real push. They're trying to get their guitars and and in front well, yeah, of they, as many eyes. They, they were bought out. They're part of BandLab now. Yeah. And and I think that's great because yeah. like they are the true competitor to Gibson. Like like you know, apples to apples. Right. That's the competitor. And the new custom shop stuff. I don't think the aging is quite right, but the finish work, the colors, and the vibe, I think is really. I would be there. interested to see their custom shop stuff. Here's yeah. here's my concern. And they're way cheaper. Yeah. So much. Cheaper. Here's my concern with Heritage though. Um. I've seen so righteous is also a heritage dealer and they have a few mm-hmm. heritage 335s in and when you pick them up and play them there's there's a few I mean people give Gibson uh, a whole bunch of crap for quality control I understand it I think they've gotten a lot better heritage yeah. the the few that I've played and maybe it's because they were transitioning or something I don't know but there's a few there's some issues with like the heritage three thirty fives that I played, um, like for instance, it, it's it's just like overlooking details. So for instance, on one of the three thirty fives there, in the bottom F hole, one of the pickup wires is ran across the F hole. So like you look oh. in and you see this silver braided wire just running across the F hole. It's like that's not, and then the fretwork was not super great. The way the binding was finished was not super great. Like there's just some fit and finish things that even compared to a Gibson USA, I think the the Gibson USA would smoke at least the one that I was looking at the three thirty five that yeah. I was looking at. So I'd be interested in seeing their custom shop stuff. Um, yeah. But well, and, and that issue was, would that would be a non issue for a Les Paul style guitar anyway. Right. But I think it's more of indicative of like th- that left the heritage shop like that. Like, right. Yeah. It went through their final, check process and it's blatantly obvious all you have to do is look at the guitar so somebody yeah. there looked at that and said yeah that's fine case it up and send it and to me yeah i don't know i get it i get it i and i think uh edwin wilson is the guy who left the gibson custom shop uh well was was let go and sent to he went up to heritage um what about and stay with me on this <laughs> What about PRS? I've been thinking. Yeah? I've been thinking, you know, if you decide to let your DGT go, <laughs> maybe. Also, did you see Robin Ford posted yesterday on Instagram? Did you see what Robin yeah. put up? I it's. The, I don't like that ad stock. I don't either. It's, okay, so with this fill of people, and if you don't follow Robin Ford, it looks like there's a Robin Ford signature PRS coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like a custom. Was it a twenty four? Could you tell, or like a twenty two? I don't know. Let me look up. Uh, let me look it up. Uh, see if I can f- figure it out. I have to I have to count the birds. Count the birds. <laughs> That's my uh, my Athens band, by the way. Count the birds. I think it's a twenty twenty two. It looks like a twenty two. I mean, it looks it looks great, and you know, I'm a huge Robin Ford fan, so, so I'd be interested a, in checking that out. It's a rap tail. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it looks like a McCarty, basically, right? With, with a coil a, split, with a big headstock. Yeah, and yeah, his is he said that it's inspired by the late sixties, seventies fenders, which some people say that big headstock adds sustain. I hate and the big headstock fenders. <laughs> oh, God, it's it. it's weird though because the PRS, like, it has you know this appearance. You know, it's like you know it mm-hmm. angles out and then it has like that you know the big that but it's so extreme on his that it 
it just looks like someone saw a PRS and said, I want to make it a little different. And they just grabbed the distorts, distort tool in Photoshop and went, <laughs> burp, burp, burp. and I, I don't, I don't like it. I, I feel like if you're going to do I, anything, just like increase the mass of the headstock, make it thicker. I would like to play you know? one of Robin's guitars. I have two gripes about it, though. The big headstock is kind of goofy to me. And then he has his logo stamped on the pickups. I know. And it doesn't look great. I mean, I get yeah. putting your logo on your signature guitar. But it's huge. It's there- yeah, and against the chrome pickup covers, it's like, it looks dirty. Yeah. It looks like there's something on the pickup that's not supposed to be there. But <laughs> yeah. at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if it's a great sounding guitar and a great playing guitar, I uh, being uh, a Robin Ford, <laughs> listen, Robin knows a thing or two about guitars. I don't know if you've ever heard him play. Sure. But the, the dude can get around a guitar. So I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> <Yeah>. that uh, <laughs> if he's doing a custom guitar with PRS, it probably doesn't suck. Um, I've never, I've never seen him play a PRS. Is like, has he historically, like, ever had a PRS? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I've seen him play. I've, yeah, yeah. I've seen. I mean, I've stuff. seen him play like you know his his telly and oh, okay. Here's like a true fire thing with like a single. Yeah, cut. I've seen him play okay. PRSs before. And yeah, and never, look, so pe- getting back to the heads or the um the Les Paul thing, like okay, so I've played the five nine four right, which is which is PRS's yes. version of a burst essentially. Um, yep here's the thing with prs's i've played a lot of them and they're amazing guitar they're beautifully built uh in the chat people are talking about the quality control is perfect on prs's and you're right like yeah there's not a a prs doesn't leave that shop until it's perfect yeah and that's admirable um for me though at least the ones that i've played they just don't do it for me with the exception of one, uh, a friend of mine, Gabby B has a first run super Eagle. One the John oh. Mayer super Eagle. Who? <laughs> yeah. That guitar had a lot of vibe to it. It had, it, it just had the thing. It did the thing drink. Well, and I think, you know, that was, I believe one of the first guitars they started doing with the new nitro thing that they're doing. Right. Because I think all the current like core, the, the American range has their new nitro finish. And that is something that I think the pickups have come a long way and everything I've heard, like there's a, there's a Tim Pierce video where he compares a yep. burst to like a, yep. the new TCI pickups. And it's like, it sounds it's, bang it's, on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but ultimately I think it, it kind of boils down to one thing. Like when you look down in your lap, and you see the guitar, what do you want it to look like? And I, I just, know? I think I want to burst, man. I really yeah. think that's it. Like, I, but I don't know. Like at, to me, what trumps that is the sound and the feel and just the vibe of the guitar. And if I found a PRS that was just like, holy shit, man, this is, if I found a PRS that made me feel the way that my Saris J felt, or that made me feel the way that that, um, 2014 dutch burst felt sure right i'm just saying that in my experience playing them i personally and this is a completely subjective thing i don't want people to hear this and say like oh red thinks prs are shitty guitars they're not (laughs) they're amazing guitars paul paul reed smith builds amazing guitars for me though subjectively i typically don't gravitate to what prs does um yeah i like the silver sky a lot but that's because it's really close to my mayor strat which i think is a, yeah. one of the best strats fender ever made um 
but yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I want, I, feel I want like, something that makes me feel that, that thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean like my PRS, like a, a few weeks ago, I was like having a battle with it and it turns out it just needed a setup. And after I set it up, it was so much better, but like, it's funny, like the whole time I've had it, um, I feel like it's a guitar like you have to commit to my DGT. Like mm. if it's the only guitar I'm really playing, it's like I'm good. It sounds but good. The moment, Your DGT it sounds does, really good. It sounds great. Yeah. Uh, but the moment I start playing like one of the Novos or if I hang with my Les Paul for a while, I have to get back in the mindset of the PRS because it's well, so different. So different. Like a Novo, you it's, it's, it's hard to get more separated and feel yeah. from a Novo to a prs yeah oh yeah dennis's approach to building guitars and paul reed smith's approach to building guitars are just on different planets and right. as a result the the products are completely different um which is part of the charm of th- that's part of why you own different guitars right that's part of why you have a, a variety of stuff is because it makes you play differently having yeah. the, a novo i play differently on my saris t than i do on my 335 yeah like it's because they're completely different guitars. Um, so, yeah. Yep. Well, I don't know. We're just going to, you know what we're going to do? This is what's going to happen. I'm going to be, I want to have a save search on Reverb uh-huh. and and just go to all the store websites like every couple days. Because I do this anyway. I have friends that are looking for, like Jesse works for me. He's looking for a white PVT-40 and for a, for a, a reasonable price. Right. And so I have a save search. It's like, if I find one, it's like, oh man, like, like I want to be the person to discover my friend's next guitar. <laughs> right. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start looking. And when I find something, send gonna it my way, twi- man. I'm going to twist your arm and buy it and you'll do it now. Cause if I barely touch your arm, it's going <laughs> to, yeah. If you just like breathe on my arm, it's going to hurt. So just, <laughs> um, before right. we wrap up part-time pilot in chat says, Rhett, what's the status of your driftwood guitar? So, uh, mm. for those of you who are not familiar um, a friend of mine, I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast yet. Have I the driftwood thing? I think you mentioned his channel a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So there's a, a guitar builder down in Destin, Florida named Chris Alvarado. Uh, his, his guitar company is called driftwood guitars. And Chris is an acoustic guitar builder and he's a family friend. We've known, we've known Chris since like 2000, since I was like 16 years old. He, he's a gigging musician down around Destin. He plays, he still plays like God, 200 shows a year around 38 down there great musician great songwriter and around 2006 he started building these acoustic guitars and now it's like kind of blown up it's his main business now and he's kind of like sorokin he builds a handful of guitars a year i think he builds like 10 to 12 guitars a year and they're big money i mean his acoustics are like ten thousand plus i mean um they're high high high-end guitars but he's getting into the electric game and they're not going to be that expensive um but he's wanting to get into the electric game so he's basically i'm gonna be a beta tester for him he's one of his first electrics um he's building for me it's a tele style guitar and he's kind of in the process of developing it he's not an electric player he's not an electric builder and so he's trying to kind of and he's got sort of a unique approach to it with his neck joint system and his this whole thing. But anyway, Chris Driftwood, they've they've just started a YouTube channel. They just hit 10,000 subscribers, actually. So congrats That's awesome. on that. So yeah, you guys go check that out. He's posting like four videos a week about guitar building. He's building an, an acoustic right now out of a 3,000-year-old piece of 
like Adirondack spruce. That's wild. 3000 mm. year old, meaning like it fell 3000 years ago. They carbon dated it. It spent its life at the bottom of a glacier. So the wood is gray because it's, there's so many minerals like in the wood grain. There's only one log of it in the whole world. And he's built, he's built one or two guitars out of it already. He's building, this is like a second or third one, but he's documenting it on his YouTube channel and it's wild. That's, cr- that's crazy. Cool. Yeah. So you guys well, go check that out. Do you have a, a shill of the week? Cause I have one. Yeah, I got one. You go first. All right. I'm going to get back to the, uh, the pedal, the pedal world here. Uh, uh-huh. friend of the pod, friend of the show, friend of, uh, both mythos and, and Brett Scholl on YouTube, uh, Lawrence Petros, the oh. embers overdrive. Um, nice. yeah, this is, this is a cool, now, uh, Lawrence did send this to me. So this is a, uh, a, you know, sponsored, whatever shill, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> but really great straight ahead overdrive. I don't know what the circuit is based on. Um, mm. it, it kind of gives me Timmy sort of vibes. You've got the treble and bass control, uh, and then level and gain. And it is, it is kind of, it, it it's really close to my Timmy in the way that That's I've, awesome. uh, I've been playing it. So, well, not yeah, recently Lawrence, been playing it, but you know, when I he, was playing they, it. Right. He recently like redid his entire brand aesthetic and it looks great. And I'm really happy for yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah. New logo, new I, everything. looks yeah. awesome. Um, well, let me get mine. Get your shill. Hey, look at that. So my shill is my, I'm so worried I'm going to hit the ceiling fan <laughs> is my brand new Novo Ceres S, which is, um, some of the, one of the last ones they're ever going to make. So, wow. <laughs> um, it's a Fiesta red with a mint guard. And Such a parchment. great color combination, man. And I love the white knobs and the switch tip against the Chrome plate. Yeah. So nice. Uh, and I don't know if it'll show up. Wow. Uh, there, there she goes. The flamey neck. Yeah. This is, this is, uh, as, as Matthew would say, chargeable flame. Yeah. That's chargeable flame <laughs> for sure. But it's funny because Calcidas in the chat, he and I basically ordered the same guitar on the same day, except he got white pick guard with, um, like aged plastic, like the darker, right. Yellowed. Question is, so question like, is who copied who, who got their order in first? <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I had spoken, I had probably spoken to Devin and Matthew before, but I've already like gotten inside it and rewired it. And of know, course, things. Uh, yeah. Why, why yeah. I should not have, you probably did that before you even played it. You probably got home and like cracked it no. open and rewired some stuff. And it's like, this isn't right. I can just tell something's not right here. I gotta re- rewire. No, 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 no. It, it was just, uh, it, it, uh, they, Novo uses 500k pots and everything because yep. Dennis loves bright guitars, yep. and that coupled with the two rock was just a little too much oh, uh, high end. Yeah, it was a little too much high end information. So I put in um, some 280k from RS Guitar Works Super Pots, and it 280. I mean, 280. So a little bit more treble. Cool. Uh, uh, but not as you know and it's tighter spec tolerance it's like most custom potentiometers from like i don't know if emerson does this but rs and uh, bare knuckle they're 550k right so they sway the tolerance sway gets them closer to 500 um nice but yeah it's just i love it because i finally have a strat sounding guitar that feels like a normal guitar for me because strats in my lap uh, and, and on a strap, I just don't feel comfortable playing them mm. at all. 
Right. Not anymore. I used to. But um, this just feels like playing my TCS, only it... Sounds like know, a strat. It sounds like a strat. <laughs> sounds like the... And it's killer. I, I love it. It's, um, it's one of those guitars, the more I play with it and and get to know it the more it's given back so super exciting and it's just a shame that both of my my like fancy novos the saris s and the tcs are discontinued can't get them <laughs> so i have a miris that i'm gonna spec out uh i, I haven't ordered it yet but I, I have an idea and dennis and matthew are like no that's cool so <laughs> <laughs> oh man well there you go that's great yep. yeah man well Thanks, everyone. And thanks for being patient with us, you know, that we haven't yes. been on the air for a, a few weeks. And um, again, I've said this in some other places, but I really appreciate the the kind comments and the kind words I've gotten and messages from people about, you know, the, the accident and getting better and healing up. Um, yeah, it's it's honestly it's helped. It's helped me out through the recovery process, all the support. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you guys. And we should be kind of back to a normal schedule after this. Yeah. And uh, hopefully in the coming months, I don't want to say weeks, uh, we're going to have the space to start doing merch like proper. Yeah. So we'll get some actual shirts built up, built, made. And uh, um, yeah, then I'll, I'll start handling that out of the new shop because um, yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. And I'm going to shoehorn my merch in there too, by the way. It's <laughs> like, hey, can you handle all this? Hey, just get a drop just, off. Yeah, just like drop it all off. Yeah. Full of shirts. <laughs> Hey, since you're sending stuff, could you just you just take mine too? Since you're just yeah. going down there, no problem. Yeah, great, easy, love it. <laughs> mm. All right, everybody. All right, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>